from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast, and I'm Messing with Rick. (laughs) Good morning. This is Michelle with no coffee. Uh I was running late this morning. And this is Mark. Uh, So, how about that Weinstein guy? (laughs) I don't, you know, I have to admit, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think that's yesterday's news. Is it really? Okay. It might be. It might be, but I have been, I, I was at a... A conference this weekend, so mm. I've been almost really, really out of touch. So, speaking of that, how are the trees? They were lovely. They were. They I've were never lovely. been to the Treehouse Resort. Yeah, the Out and About Treehouse Resort. Yeah, we talked about it on one of our other shows, mm-hmm. and and we remember we had Michael Garnier on. Yeah, they did. Um, and they asked me to come down and do the keynote for them, and that was it. Was cool. It was very cool. Was I w- I was a very much an outsider. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Um, yeah, very very much an outsider. Um, you know, it's kind of like sneaking into the good old boys club. Was but it mostly everybody, men? And there was a few women, but oh, of course. I oh, mean, wow. it's probably seventy percent, maybe even eighty percent men. Wow. So, but um, I was an outsider. I I think um, I went into a little more nervous than was justified. They treated me really really well. Mm. I mean, I I've never been so spoiled to be a speaker. In any show I've ever done. Wow. So they it was really great. T-shirts and swag and meals and prime rib. And as a matter of fact, Saturday night we had this party. And, um, you know, I think they put out like six bottles of white and six bottles of red or something like that. And then they left some for other people too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were being very respectful, you know. Anyways, and so I came over and I was standing at the wine table and I can't drink wine, white wine because it wakes me up in the morning and I... Like, oh man, they're out of the red. Well, one of the coordinators, unbeknownst to myself, one of the coordinators actually heard me saying, Oh my gosh, they're out of red. So she went and actually pulled a bottle of red out of their own personal collection and brought it to me personally and said, Out of all the people we want to drink, (laughs) we want to make sure that you're happy. So that was really exceptional. It was a great group of people. Um, I learned a ton. Mm. Um, As I told them in my speech, I don't know shit about tree houses. So it was really tough to do a speech mm-hmm. about tree houses and tiny houses when my entire learning curve had to be done in the day and a half before my speech. So what did which you, one wh- did you stay in? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No. Which one did uh, you stay tree in? Loon. <laughs> okay. So tree Loon was a little, um, there it's kind of a, a join to a different one with a, with a walkway in between. Mm-hmm. Well, they all are actually, it was one of the smaller, what I'll call primitives. Mm-hmm. So no bathroom, no shower, mm-hmm. just basically, um, a bed, a desk, and a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really nice, close to the ground, easy to get to. I can't imagine, I have to admit, for as much as I really wanted to stay in some of the really high mm. ones that were high up, I can't imagine hauling all my luggage up there. Right. One of them actually, though, they were showing us, they actually do have a dumbwaiter. Mm. Oh, the like, police system. Yeah, man. they have a police system. But mm. I didn't find that out till later. And I took the actual, what they call the top tour. We'd walk 30, 40 feet off the ground and t- take the little circle tour mm. of all the of all the tree houses. So it was abs. it was really life. The weather was perfect. Everybody was cordial. I didn't get too drunk to be embarrassed. So, um, yeah, my was, goals were met. <laughs> what was one thing that you learned about tree houses that you didn't know? 
I did not know to what extent the tree houses were having the same challenges as tiny houses with relation to building codes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge aha moment when we discovered that we have Appendix V in common and uh, we're sort of all beating to the same drum in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very cool. That was very, very cool that we, un- uh, that we quote unquote, the tiny house movement have unintentionally also covered a lot of the bases for the treehouse people. Mm. That's really rewarding too, to see that there's, again, there's a whole nother sort of group of people out there that now officially get me. Yeah. So you're kind of like cousins. Yeah. The tiny houses and the tree houses. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of tree houses, <laughs> this is so easy. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just, the, um, we have a, 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 a very high level celebrity on the show today. Too bad he's not in the studio because I bet he'd be really fun to be in the studio with. Uh, we have Nelson, uh, Pete Nelson, who is the owner uh, and treehouse master, owner of Nelson Treehouse and Supply, and probably more well-known for the um, Animal Planet TV show called Treehouse Masters. Um, Nelson and his family, which this is, this, this is really cool about. Uh, sorry, I keep calling him Nelson, but his name is Pete. Um, what's really cool about Pete is he gets to work with his entire family in his business, which I think is not that common. Um, Pete has been interested in tree houses since the early age. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, and has, according to Michelle, built over 300. Yeah, that's what houses, I heard. That's the rumor. That's Maybe he can amazing. confirm or deny. Yeah, and we're <laughs> going to get into this one that, he, if he can talk about it, the one that he's currently building over in uh, on the East Coast. So, Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm Glad to be here. I'm so excited. It took, you know, they, it takes a lot of tenacity. So I appreciate your patience. Oh, well, I, I love what you guys do in the tiny house world. It, it really does overlap quite a bit into the treehouse world. And this Appendix V is going to make our lives uh, a lot easier. We hope. We, we hope. hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. We hope. <laughs> how, how so? Do you run into a lot of problems with regulators? We do. And, um, you know, you can imagine that it's really hard to prove that a tree is not going to overturn when you put a big house mm-hmm. into it. So there's some issues beyond the tiny house thing that we, we wrestle with quite a bit. But, uh, no, it, it, you can imagine it in this society of ours where it's so litigious that you go up to a, a building department anywhere and they go, tree house? Uh, <laughs> well, let's see here. <laughs> And, and there is a lot of good news around that, I have to say, because most people are reasonable and they determine that, that uh, is this, it's fun and that nobody, you know, God forbid, nobody gets hurt, but, um, but they're open to it. And then there are some municipalities that are like, no, absolutely not. And you will not be getting a permit. So then you have to determine whether you want to be an outlaw or not. <laughs> An outlaw, like the, everybody in well, the tiny yeah, house exactly, movement. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a lot of outlaws in our world. Yeah, our treehouse world. So, so your background says that you have an economics degree. How did how on earth did you go from um, what seems to be a pretty traditional kind of education into something that is totally whimsical in probably many people's minds? Well, it's it's a response to you know what was what was before me when I when I came out of school in 1985 with my economics degree, I was uh, like, I'm sure so many of us didn't know what the heck to do with myself. And already the, the world was becoming so specialized. And I had this fantasy 
uh, it was in 1987. I had one of those, I call it a, an all night brainer where you can't sleep. You get so excited because I decided that despite all of this wonderful education I had, I'm really a carpenter and a, and a builder and I love working with my hands and I love creating, I love architecture. I love, I just, I'm, I'm a builder and, and it was always in me and I was always in the backyard building things. Nothing like, like, uh, I mean, I imagined these wonderful structures, but it didn't work out very well as a, as a child and a teenager. And so I thought, what if I specialized and became a treehouse builder? And that was uh, whimsical to say the least. And, and I was kind of out of my mind with this thought. So it took quite a while, but you know, when you, when you are determined to do something and I've always been told you can do whatever you want to do in life by my two wonderful parents and, and I took that to heart. So it, it, it did take a lot of time and I did become a house builder, a single family mm. home builder in the Seattle area and uh, did that for 15 years. And, and the, the tree house thing was always going on in the background, but never, never really viable from a financial standpoint. But, uh, but that all started, started changing about oh, in the early two thousands, I'd say. So what happened? So what happened is you said that the, those tree houses weren't viable prior to the two thousands. What happened that made them viable all of a sudden, or maybe not all of a sudden? Well, maybe this, maybe this ties into my economics degree because, um, <laughs> at that whole wonderful period when the banks were, were lending people money on the equity in their homes, you know, hand over fist, I was the beneficiary of that. Um, and I could tell another story about that, but, but it's, um, one of these things where, you know, the tree, tree houses, when you, when you really boil it down, if you get into something, they're a lot like tiny houses in this regard that, boy, you, you, you think you're going to bust it out in the weekend. And then you realize that it's going to take a month of weekends. And it's, it's, you know, a minimum, I tell people of 500 hours to kind of create something that you can, you know, that, that may have been in your imagination. And, and if you put the, economics to that uh you know if you're paying somebody a living wage and you know we're all we all want the best for everybody this little family that we've created around building tree houses we want we want a living wage and we want health insurance and we want 401ks if we can make them happen so you do the math and suddenly you're in the fifty thousand dollar range to build a even a simple tree house and and uh that was where the uh the times kind of coincided in the early 2000s where banks were suddenly freeing up all this money that people could write a check off the equity of their homes. And we were, we were busy right up until 2008. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people were, people were taking out equity from their home to have a treehouse built. Yeah. And it was something that I had always been sort of promoting. And, and a lot of us, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I was the one guy, but I was, I was writing books. So my strategy to become the treehouse guy was to, before the internet really took off, I was, I was determined to get a coffee table book out there and I had it published in 1994. Houghton Mifflin out of Boston did it. It was a big deal. I was so proud and excited. It took me seven years to get that book done. <laughs> but wow. Off it went into the world. And, and it was after that, um, that people would check in and magazines and, and newspapers would call me every spring and say, Pete, 
you know, you're the guy with the, with the book, what's going on in the treehouse world. And I would say, Oh my God, we're booming. It's amazing. Everybody's building tree houses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there were some people that were, but I was <laughs> trying to promote this thing that way. Right. Right. You know, I, I, and it was right around then that the internet started. I think I had one of the first websites that, that came up. One of my friends in Seattle was already on the, on the cutting edge of all that technology. And, and so they, um, you know, they helped me create a, a little web page and I was like, what the heck is this? But, but, you know, slowly, but surely people started to call and I put out a few more books and, and, uh, you know, so, so whereas the tree houses, the people uh, that I was building for people in the, in the early to the end of the nineties were rather modest in their, in their budgets. I mean, to say the least, people would say, wait a minute, you, you want to spend how much on a tree? House? <laughs> you know, I've, I've got 800 bucks. <laughs> Deke okay, tells that story okay, too. That's not what I, you know, so my <laughs> lovely wife, Judy was supportive the whole time. I mean, while I was trying to do that, we were also, you know, I was gripping with coming to grips with the reality of being a, a speculative home builder. And, and it, thankfully a really great market in Seattle that covered all my mistakes as I was learning to build houses. And, mm. and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get rich by any means doing that, but I did learn a lot about real buildings and engineering and, uh, and permitting, you know, so, so that was a great education going on at the same time that I was you know, hopeful someone would call to, to really allow me to build what I had in my mind in the trees. Hmm. So let me, let me, yeah. uh, I'm looking at your portfolio and your your houses are like houses. They're not, they're not like cabins that <laughs> suspended in a tree branches. These are like, they look like, like 1200 square feet or bigger houses. Is that accurate? Well, 1200 is a little big, but they, they do. I have to, I have to say I'm a little sensitive about the fact that my, my building style is kind of a, a plywood style. I'm a four by eight sheet of plywood kind of builder. And, and I, <laughs> I, I want to get a little defensive about that only because you know, economically speaking, you add a lot of corners and, and you add a lot to the bill. So, so I'm, I'm often working within people's budgets as we all do. And, and, you know, you get fancy and curvy and all of a sudden it's like unattainable for most people. So, so yes, the, the square footage is off a bit by your guess is only because a 300 square foot tree house is a big tree house. And okay. it, it may look fairly imposing, but it may only be 300 400 square feet you go you know 600 is about as big as as we go but um we we've we've definitely done some larger tree houses and um i would say that they're not quite as big as we sometimes say on tv i have to admit <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but 600 square feet is a huge tree house okay okay they look enormous in your pictures one of the other well, there are always these things. I had them in my brain. You know, the, this is the funny part is that, okay, I, you know, when, you, when you're building a treehouse, I, I, at first I thought, you know, number one, you can't post down. That was a rule I didn't want to break. Well, I broke that with what is that? What does that mean? It means not using um, a real tree. Oh, you got to okay. use the tree, oh, you know, it, not. Right. So, so um, I've got good reasons why we don't use that rule of no posting anymore, <laughs> largely to <laughs> save the trees because right. people want. It turns out that, that, that the market in the end is people see this on TV and they want their kitchen and they want their bathroom. And then all of a sudden this structure could 
easily overwhelm trees, which is the last thing we want to do. So, so posting down is okay. And, and that broadens the whole definition of what a tree house is. And, and I, you know, I, I know it's self-serving, but my definition of a tree house has broadened greatly in, in the time that I've been doing this because really it's just about being in the trees right. and among the trees. And, and the last thing you want to do is, is damage your tree by overburdening it yeah. with a big structure. So, you know, if you've got a lot of trees to spread the, the weight out on, great. I, I'm all for that. But, you know, if you wander off to where there aren't any trees and you've got a bathroom that needs tile, for instance, mm-hmm. you, you better post up underneath that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of the things I mentioned when I was there, and I'll, and I'll mention it again for our audience, and that is I have never met a more a group of more, shall we say, passionate or spiritual sort of tree huggers. Um, yeah. You talked a lot about the design process. We, I love the fact that I can take what's in my head with a piece of graph paper and a pencil and, and bring it to life, 3D life. But your yeah. experience is almost, it, it transcends sort of inspiration and it actually um, approaches spiritual. Can you share uh-huh. with us, you, you talked about staying up all night and you had this sort of, you know, um, all night of thinking and being very excited. Are you still that excited? Is, is the spirituality, um, is that what keeps you going? That spirituality and that, that sort of sense of wonder every time you start a new one? MJ, you're, you're waking me up and I'm so pleased because I, you know, we were together in Oregon this last, you know, two days ago and, and, um, I have since flown back to Massachusetts and I'm a little, I've got some cobwebs and I'm drinking coffee as we speak. But as you talk to me like that, I just remind, I'm reminded of that very thing. I mean, it is such a, an honor to be able to work in the trees and, and among these, I, I don't know, I just, th- that spiritual side really is there for me where, you, you know, you go into the woods and they're so healing on so many levels and you, you know, you know it right away. Even as a child, when I would walk into the woods, there was something special about it and and now as an adult, you know, when you, when you walk into the woods, it, it's a matter of moments before they wash over you and all of the, the just nonsense of your life can, can be swept away as you, you look at these noble, you know, beings. And we talk about them as beings and right. it's crazy talk, but, you know, it's fun to think like that. And I love personifying trees and imagining that they're watching me, you know, as I roam through them and say things like, Ooh, man, maybe we could get his attention. Pick me, you know, let's get, get the treehouse guy over here. And, you know, who doesn't like attention? And, and imagine um, these trees just enveloping, enveloping you. And, and when, I, when I have that time that you're, you're speaking of where, where I'm out and, and, and starting to work for anybody to build a treehouse, I'm, I'm amazed that at age 55, I still get excited. I mean, it's, it's undeniable. I mean, you you can't help but be excited. I mean, here you've got this chance to create, you know, basically build a dream for someone. And, and so many times these days, the people that I work with are like, Pete, you do your thing. And, and, you know, I love collaborating. I really truly do. And, And, and in fact, when people have real clear ideas, it's almost, more enjoyable for me, but you know, more often than not, people say, I don't know what to do. You do it, you know, and we'll walk <laughs> through the woods and then, and then invariably the, the trees will present themselves and, 
you know, even if you've got a thousand acres or, or one tree in your backyard, you know, you can really start to let those creative juices flow and you, and you start to picture, you know, what, what they're offering, you know, in that, in my talk and the design talk, I, I, I want to try to relieve some of the, maybe the anxiety people might have about how to go about planning and designing your treehouse. Well, the, you know, interpreting what the trees are giving us is, is really kind of simple when you think about it, because there they are, you know, you, you will find them. There will be trees that, that when you, when you determine you want to build a treehouse, you, you'll be shocked at how, how wonderful and quick it is that you find these trees. And then when you have them in your sites, you've got to do a little bit of surveying, a little bit of thinking and, and know that, you know, you can only go as far as, and this gets a little technical here, but, but I want to just say it is that once you've, once you've identified your trees and you plotted them on a piece of graph paper and you've scaled it out, usually half inch scale, you know, quarter inches, typically what architects use, but in tree houses, you know, things are so small, you can, you can blow it up. So it's even more, I guess, understandable, but, you know, go at most eight feet out from your trees. If they're uh -huh. substantial trees mm -hmm. with your, your perimeter, I guess you'd say of, of what you could build. And, and, you know, then you, then you just sort of work with what you've got and the trees are giving you everything. It's not like a blank canvas. Like I always think of artists, the blank canvas drawing or making a painting and going, Oh my God, where, where do I start? Well, trees are giving you everything you need to just get, get a leg up and start planning. So that keeps me up. I mean, I go, I, I just, I can, it's like a meditation. I can, I can go until two and three in the morning without even realizing it and, and build these things in your brain. <laughs> we can tell that is awesome. Everything that you just said was just beautiful. So how do you I was rambling there? I'm no, sorry it was about that. no, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was trying to get him to channel what he what he was talking about on stage the uh, other day because it was so like I said, it was almost it was transcendent magical. spirituality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very nice. So how how do you determine whether or not a tree can first of all, how how heavy are these houses? Well, houses can get, you know, crazy heavy fast and and you know, a twenty thousand pound structure. You know, I was, I was interested when MJ was talking about her tiny houses having to fit on trailers and 15,000 pounds, you know, and this light, light one that you're trying to get to be 7,000 pounds. Those are, those are ultra light tree houses. And there's a lot of really good news about um, what trees can handle structurally. And, and we've been working hard to, de to determine that and, and, and show the, you know, powers that be that trees can handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, 20,000 pounds is probably, you know, when you start thinking about something um, with a living room, I mean, I'm thinking of, of a basic treehouse. Every treehouse, a lot like a tiny home, has got to have, you know, a place to take a nap, if not spend the night, a desk to sit and ponder from, uh, a, a lounging spot to just hang out, a deck, of course. Mm -hmm. And you know, those things would easily add up to more than you might imagine if it's 300 square feet or 250 square feet. But, um, you know, we're using two by fours and the beams themselves are often when you size them correctly, they're good. They're solid, heavy beams. And, 
anyway, they can get up to, and this is where the engineering comes in. When I, when I talk with our, our main engineers, they'll put a safety factor in there and it sounds crazy, but 75, 80,000 pound structures aren't uncommon, at least engineering for those. Yeah. That's enormous. Yikes. Yeah. Mm. And so, so when you, so I can see why posting down could be important, but let's say that you, you weren't going to post down. How do you, how, how do you determine whether or not a tree can handle it? Is it trunk width or estimated root growth or something? Root <laughs> yeah, divided by mark. I know. And this is, this is uh, <laughs> exactly the problem we've been struggling with in, in um, King County in particular in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm from. There's uh, I've been, I have a little bed and breakfast there called Treehouse Point. We have six tree houses. And we are 11 years into the permitting process and oh, they have not shut us down, which is great news, but they, uh, they also have not given us the final permits for uh, said structures. <laughs> and, uh, and so that has been the crux of the issue is trying to determine what these trees can handle. And there's a million ways to go about this. And just last summer, we finally went to Washington state university with, some of our hardware, we call them treehouse attachment bolts, quite simple, tabs for short, T-A-B-S. And, um, and we brought with us some freshly cut Douglas fir, a nice 10-foot section of that. So it's a, it's a soft wood, but it's, it's quite dense and uh, approaches hardwood in its strength. Hmm. And then we, bought, we brought some western red cedar, which is another common species where, where I'm from that we build in quite a bit of very soft wood. And we had the technicians of Wazoo um, with their clipboards and computers more than anything destroy um, these, these sections of, of tree with our hardware. And, and there was incredibly good news around it. The, um, the heavy limb that we use commonly, uh, this treehouse attachment bolt, one of the bigger ones, in the Douglas fir, they put it under pressure and they, and they pull it, you know, vertically. A lot of the loads in tree houses are pretty much vertical loads coming down, but there's side to side as well. And they pulled it in all directions. And in the main vertical, you know, up and down test, the strength of that tab, that one heavy limb in a Douglas fir was 50,000 pounds. One just tab. one of them. Wow. Just wow. one. Wow. Just one. And the failure was actually the uplift um, cable. So, so mm-hmm. the, the unit, the bolt itself didn't catastrophically shear off. They just put all the pressure on it. Finally, that little cable that attaches the end of that tab higher into the tree broke. And, and so that's what we're dealing with. Each bolt could potentially hold as much as 50,000 pounds. Now you might break that into a third just for, you know, safety factor, right. Um, as the engineers do, but that tells you a lot. What what is the what is the magic there? Is it the fibrous the li- living fibers of the tree, or is it a combination of the tree and the bolt design? Or yeah, I think the living fibers is is really where you got it. It's it's the the bolt itself. The design of the bolt is um, really quite simple. Imagine um, some round stock. The the real business part of the tab, the treehouse attachment bolt, is an inch and a quarter. 4140 steel rod that goes into the tree um, approximately nine inches, let's say. So you do have to have a pretty good sized tree there just in itself. Okay. Now what, what gives it all its sheer strength, if you can follow me here is 
we call it the boss. And the boss is a larger piece of steel that is fresh fit onto that inch and a quarter round stock. And it's about the size of a beer can. Oh, it's big. That goes on the business end. That is the tree end where the, that inch and a quarter round stock has a good coarse thread on it that goes six inches into the tree. The boss then jumps up to three inches in diameter from the inch and a quarter. So three inch diameter beer can mm-hmm. press fit onto that round stock that goes into the tree. Usually we put about three inches, maybe four inches of embedment of that beer can into the tree. And that surface area, which you can imagine is fairly sizable now since mm-hmm. three inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And you load that now with the rest of the round stock that sticks out into the air, you know, typically 12 inches or more. So then, you know, that boss has all that surface area on the fibers of the wood of the tree and you load that big, heavy load onto it. And, you know, the sheer strength there now is, well, as I said, in the heavy limb, which is a three inch and three quarter stock, 4140 steel. So a little bit bigger. It's 50,000 pounds. Yeah. Doesn't that hurt the tree? Okay. So also good news there. The only bad news about tree houses is dealing with the uh, building department because (laughs) (laughs) trees are very forgiving in that regard. (laughs) Trees are so giving, you know, the giving tree, the shelter, (laughs) they they give and they give and they, it turns out that when you put a bolt into a tree like that, it, it, something triggers. I mean, there's different strategies for different species of trees, but the basic strategy is, compartmentalize the wound, send sap to the wound, and grow reaction wood. There's no, oh, woe is me, we're dying and we're dead. No, they go, no problem. It's like another branch, you know, and Hmm. it's remarkable. They get technically stronger. In fact, reaction wood in trees is quite quite a bit more dense than the normal wood it puts on in in everyday growth. And and so it'll, it'll put on this reaction wood around the wound because it really is a wound Mm -hmm. and, and grow. And you'll see that, you know, you've seen this through your lives where trees might uh, have a fence, say attached to it and that'll just absorb that fence or so many examples, but they're so resilient and so giving and they just don't have any problem. And in fact, I like to think that they're even stimulated by the fact that they've got, a treehouse in them. Okay. <laughs> my, <laughs> my mind went in a different direction. Michelle, ask a question. <laughs> exactly. Michelle, quick, ask a question. <laughs> well, you know, it's a remarkable sight, and I know this, this FCC isn't going to get us get us in trouble, but <laughs> when you look at a tree that has a freshly planted tab. <laughs> it's very excited. Oh, there's something very erotic about it. <laughs> it's very excited. <laughs> So one of the fascinating things also for me uh, in getting to learn about um, the tree houses was the evolution of all this technology. You talked about the wazoo testing of the tabs, but, but before now talk about actually, so obviously you probably didn't used to build trees like trees, like I tree houses, like I did where I put two, two by sixes on either side of the tree and then nailed the two by sixes. (laughs) I did that too. That was the way we all did it in the beginning. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you talked, um, you know, very eloquently. I appreciate that about the, about the current technology, but how, I mean, how fast and how far have we come? So talk a little bit about the evolution, not Mm -hmm. just of the design, but of the hardware and, 
and also yeah. the development of this of this technology for your average treehouse builder for yeah. other people that want to build well, one in their own backyard. Well, it's so it's so fun, and this is where it takes a village because you know I came into this really from a design side. I mean, I've always been fascinated and love architecture and I love small buildings and I'm a little ADD. So my attention span is, is small or short. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I came into this because I want to build something and I want to crank it out and I want to get, I want to, I want to just create a little treehouse. And, and, um, you know, it took, I have to say a couple of years before I realized that, wait a minute, it's not about the architecture for me more. It's more about the, being around these magnificent trees that that are so beguiling and 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 then um the conference started i mean this was our 20th annual world treehouse conference in Tequilma where mj was our keynote speaker and and uh you know the first one came about because michael garnier um and i had been conspiring to do more and make something happen and he had his bnb that was in october on columbus day weekend not so popular after a summer. So <laughs> he wanted to, he wanted to bring people to his B and B and I wanted to, you know, see if there were other weirdos out there like me. <laughs> so we, we all assembled in Tequilma 20 years ago with, and the purpose was to sort of investigate how to do this carefully, respectfully, responsibly. And, and, you know, I brought three quarter inch bolts that you can get at, Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, galvanized three quarter inch bolts were what I was using to create my hurry up tree houses. And, um, there was a guy down the street, an engineer that's the guru of treehouse engineering, Charlie Greenwood, Charles Greenwood of Greenwood Engineering Inc. <laughs> you can look him up. It's very busy though. So, um, I warn you, um, anyway, Charlie Greenwood was there in his lab coat and his, his clipboard and, there were probably 45 or 50 of us that, that showed up in 1997 to Michael's place. And we brought with us our hardware and Greenwood brought a, uh, hydraulic jack. So we would put the, the connections into the trees and then we had a sacrificial Douglas fir tree there. And we would take the hydraulic jack and we would work up from the ground, pushing up on these connectors to see where they broke. And my little three quarter inch, bolts broke at 600 pounds, just mm -hmm. sheared right off. Mm -hmm. We thought, Ooh, that's, that's maybe we, <laughs> and then, and then one of the other, uh, neat guy, what's his name? Jonathan Fair Oaks, an arbourist, great name for an arborist. But, yeah. Well, <laughs> Greenwood and Fair Oaks, how much closer could Fair you Oaks get? <laughs> brought a two inch diameter stainless steel rod that took about 3000 pounds before that, you know, actually the wood of the tree broke, or according to Charlie Greenwood, you know, the, the tree failed, not the, not the unit itself. So, so right away, year one, we had this idea that, okay, something bigger year two and necessities, mother of invention, Michael Garnier was fighting with Josephine County to get his bed and breakfast tree houses, um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> permitted. So, um, he and Greenwood, that is Garnier and Greenwood together, you know, took that information and quickly developed what, what became the precursor to the tab, the treehouse attachment bolt. Mm. And um, eight years later, Michael finally did get his permits for one of his many treehouses anyway. And, uh, and so 
that was that was really just how it all all began. It was really a village of people that were working together, and and over the course of just a few short years, this the basic tab uh, technology came, and and that's that's the basis of what we're really understanding now, and and showing the the powers that be um, how they how they respond and what they can handle. So, Pete, let's get romantic. What is it? What is it like actually staying in one of these? I imagine the tree swaying and creaking and birds and squirrels running along the rooftop and looking out through yeah. the trees and seeing all kinds of wonderful sights and things like that. Is, is that what it's like? That's, it is, exactly. And, and um, there is something magic about tree houses that everybody senses. And when you really get into a tree house, you, you get a, a clear picture of, of what what that is i mean it's tranquility it's um it's peace and it's it's disconnecting from everyday life you know what what's funny is i i've built so many tree houses and that figure is strangely correct over 300 i think we're over 350 in the course of my lifetime i mean that's if i count all the crappy ones i had as a kid <laughs> I have to admit. um but but invariably these places are about connecting with nature and disconnecting with your everyday life. Because the proof is I, I thought going into this, that I'd be building offices for people because here we are in this great new economy where we can work from our homes. And I built an office for myself and I had my office in the trees just because Judy wouldn't move in with the kids. That's why (laughs) uh, I, I turned that into my office and it was a beautiful office and it was so inspiring. And, a, a good friend of mine in Fall City, where I live outside of Seattle, saw it and said, "Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, build one." And and those are the only two offices I've ever built in the trees. Wow. Everybody else, I mean, I don't count things like painting studios and okay. you know writers that write. Um, I suppose you could call those offices because we've built a few of those, but yeah. but they're really not. They're just places to be inspired and to be, you know, with yourself or with loved ones. I mean, that's the other side of these things. They're just love shacks, really. <laughs> if the <laughs> trees are rocking, <laughs> don't bother knocking. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, there, is, there, um, is there anyone living full-time in one of your tree houses? There are very few. Um, there, are a, there are a couple that I know of, but um, it's remarkable how few people really live full-time in their, in their trees. And um, I... I I don't live full time in a tree, so I don't know why that is. I, it's very strange. Are are the comforts of home in there, like a running water and hot water and electricity and yes. air, air conditioning? Oh yeah, all that is is easily you know those insta hot water heaters. I mean, the the idea of plumbing a tree house, people are going like, well, wait a minute, how can you plumb a tree house? It's really quite simple. You know, all those same materials that go into plumbing a regular house can be used in a treehouse. If you're in colder climates, you've got a, you know, the issue of freezing pipes that, that really, when you, when you think about it are easy to take care of, but, but um, yeah, you can have all the creature comforts of, of home. And as I said, I've done a few tree houses for people that live in them. And, uh, but the vast majority, these are just sort of auxiliary structures that people have and, uh, and they're in the backyard or on the back 40 rarely are they on at least in my experience they're not you know the piece of property that you're 
that your uh, grandparents left to you in upstate New York that has nothing else on it. It's that that was another thing I thought we'd be building these all you know, for for those sorts of things, uh, you know, the country house or what have you. So what? So okay. So the, I thought you were going to continue, but since you've stopped, um, so if if that's the case, the way you just described the treehouse, what is this one that you're building that's like the uh, Globe Theater? Ah, <laughs> this is fun. So so we're um, we're having a, a, a just an amazing time right now. I have to tell you this this television show, the Treehouse Masters show, has opened us up and challenged us in ways that I had no idea when when we agreed to do this. Now five years ago. And so I'm um, building these grand structures for clients all over the country and even different countries. And, and, uh, and what's, what's trending now for, for our clients are the bigger tree houses. As you mentioned, you know, they're big and they want, you know, when, when someone calls me up and, and they're able to do something, they always now want the bathroom and the, and the kitchen and the loft and the, and the deck. And so they, they're big undertakings. Well, the television show has, uh, you know, three weeks to get these things filmed and create an episode. So that's, you know, sometimes these are taking us a month. And when we do these longer ones, they'll say, Hey, we, you know, people write into the show and say, we'd love a treehouse," And they'll go through, you know, piles of those kind of applications. And when we're in Maine, as we are, we're building in Maine right now, one of those big tree houses. And I'm so excited. About it. It's phenomenal. It's so cool. And then they said, well, there's these people down in Massachusetts. It's only three hours away. So <laughs> would you mind building them a treehouse? And, and of course not. I'd love to. I don't know how um, we can do these two at a time now, but we do. And, <laughs> and the, uh, only three hours away. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just driving back and forth. And, <laughs> and so these people are all in the theater. And they, the, the wife is, uh, a, works for a major Broadway producer, did Wicked and Book of Mormon. And, Oh, and wow. um, so she's a thespian, I guess you might say. And, yeah. and he, his name's Forrest. He's a set designer and builder and has an amazing wood shop. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, they said, how about we do a little theater up in the trees? Because they have a community theater here and they all hang out with those great creative types. And they all are, I've met a few of them. They're just fun spirits. And, and so this is going to be a little replica of the globe theater <laughs> and I, I, I get dressed up like a bard a few times here it's very embarrassing <laughs> oh my god but uh you know it's tv so i say yes to everything <laughs> and and uh and now yeah we're we're almost done in fact tomorrow uh is the last day of the build and we have a little stage and it's got a thatch it's a fake thatch but it looks pretty real i have to tell you <laughs> roof um it's got the, the half timbers and, and I'm really proud of it. It's, it, it's been, a, a, all of these are so intense. You know, the, the TV aspect makes it yeah. all happen so fast, but, yeah. but we don't cut corners. That is the number one rule of Nelson Treehouse. And, uh, and we leave behind some pretty fun things. Well, Pete, it was fun having you on the show. Thank you so much for, for making time to, to be on here. And I'm sure you have a friend for life in Michelle. And I uh, just, I love your time, your, uh, your tree houses. They're just beautiful on your website. Um, well, it's a group. I, I have to tell you that, that, you know, I'm just one of many that, that make these happen. And I'm so proud to be among them. I mean, I'm the face for sure of, of 
things being being the TV guy, but with me there are so many incredible talented people that that just go and go and go and and it's been a real pleasure. But I wanted to make sure that that you heard that because it's not by any means just just Pete. We've got a deep deep group of of talented people that make this all happen so quickly for TV. We noticed that on your website. All with wood and tree names. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Hey, Forrest. Meet Woody. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> maybe if, if you'd be willing, we'd love to have you on the show again because we've only scratched the surface of your story, I think. Especially if you're traveling oh, through Portland back yeah. home, we'd like to have yeah. you in the studio. Yeah. I'd love it. I'm dying to get down to Portland. I haven't been there in a few years and I know it's, it's to happen in town, so I'd love to. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Come by for some tater tots. <laughs> Why tater yeah. tots? That's a Portland thing. Oh, okay. So, Tiny House <laughs> listeners, you've heard yet another interesting show. We don't always cover t- tiny houses. Sometimes it's interesting other dwelling structures, and tree mm-hmm. houses certainly fit in that. Check us yeah. out next week because we'll have yet another great show where Michelle will regale us with her great stories, and we'll have a guest even. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love a guest. <laughs> hey, Pete. Hugs from Oregon. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time with you guys. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. See you in the flip side. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if you remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. Tiny House loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>